because that's the nature of where things are going in this world. That's the nature of what's going on. Yeah, we want to look good. Yeah, we want to... Well, actually, I don't want to wear name brands, but some people do, and that's fine. But just be mindful what you're supporting. Don't run out here to buy $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 outfits, and you, you literally don't know what you're supporting. And then when you find out, you get mad. You know, and it's good that I see some people getting rid of the shoes, burning shoes, cutting up the clothes. That's fine. But Balenciaga, they kind of been wild for a minute now, you know? And, you know, it's just hard because I never want to tell people how to live. I definitely want them to, to see when stuff isn't what it should be, you know? A lot of times we just want to look fly, but it's a cost for looking fly. We don't know what people are doing. We don't know what they're praying over these clothes. You don't. We don't even know what's in the food half the time. So we should just all be mindful of where is the stuff coming from? Who's promoting these things? Do I feel comfortable with the nature of, um, of what's going down in terms of the world? Now, we all have a small say, even if we don't think it means much. You know, I think it's time that more people started shopping with smaller brands. You know, maybe they're less prestigious. Maybe not too many people know about them. Maybe it's just from a local um, crafts artist. Maybe it's just from a local fashion house. But that's fine, you know. That's fine. Sometimes you don't need the best shoes or the best clothes or or the most well-known recognizable clothes or shoes in order to be satisfied. Maybe sometimes it's just about being dressed in clothes that, that fit your needs. I'm just saying this because lately people only care about what's trending. I don't really think they care about what's going on with the actual makers of the things that they're buying. Like, when you support people, you support the brand. A lot of times, you're also supporting the ideology. Now, some people, they're going to make and do whatever they want. I don't need to shop with people that are strictly Christian or believe in Christ in order to feel comfortable with my purchases. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't want to shop with somebody that has the tendencies of Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> okay? Or if a company's on, you know, on that nonsense. Like, I'm not supporting that stuff. And I just want to talk about this, so I'm gonna be honest. I saw um I saw this like caution, almost like a caution dress. It's like it's almost like a caution tape dress made by Balenciaga. And I thought like um, okay, that's interesting. It's basically caution tape that was turned into a dress. And I seen like a few celebrities wearing it. And I thought to myself, like, actually, I saw. I think it was is Kim Kardashian wearing it. And I thought, wow, you know, that's um, yeah, she wore it. Um, what did she even wear this to? I think she wore it March, sometime in March, some event. But it's just interesting to me how a lot of people literally didn't see Balenciaga as being problematic no matter how far they went. Like, usually a caution tape represents the fact that there's been an accident that's gone down or someone's died. So for people to wear that, that's not good. Or maybe road construction, but, <laughs> you know, you know, let me give some more options of what caution tape could symbolize, right? But... You know, it's usually nothing good when you see caution tape. You know, every time I see caution tape, I typically don't go over that way. I know, okay, stay away from that, right? So I feel like the message that the brand is putting out is that, you know, there's a crime going on over here. Um, what else I found interesting was um, the fact that I noticed that Balenciaga has been doing a lot of things to... Um, I would say push the envelope in a way that's kind of weird. Like, really weird, actually. When I say weird, I don't mean, like, horrible. I mean, like, creepy. Um, 
I don't really quite understand why Doja Cat went to the Balenciaga Paris show, um, Paris fashion show with a black eye and like um, a fake busted lip. And but that's what she chose to do. I just thought it was interesting. That I saw a few other models um, that had that same kind of black eye, busted face look. You know, I didn't really understand the concept of that. It was rather discomforting overall. I think that to watch someone intensely put a black eye on their face when there's been so much um, talk of domestic abuse lately, the Me Too movement, I kind of feel like that's... I would have thought that would have been the opposite of where I saw the trend going in terms of the Me Too movement, right? But it seems as though Balenciaga has kind of been sporting something a bit more strange than I would expect. Um, Unless maybe they've been pushing this concept of BDSM all along and I just never knew. I never thought that, you know, they would put the concept of domestic violence or physical violence or, or beatings into fashion. I didn't understand how that and caution tape and BDSM teddy bears and children I feel like in some weird way this is all leading up to something that's really just a question of what do you spiritually believe in do you support stuff that's creepy strange abusive or you know are you going to acknowledge the fact that maybe this may not be the type of clothes you want to wear or even the type of world or brand that you want to support you know I think life is all about choices What Balenciaga was doing wouldn't matter if people just stopped buying the clothes. Stop buying the clothes. Stop buying the shoes. Just leave them alone. If they're not supporting things that you believe in, leave it alone. You know? And no, that's not the best answer. I think people should be processing too. All that stuff is wonderful, you know? People standing up and saying, you know what? That doesn't work for me. What disturbed me the most is when I watched The View. And... What I found interesting is on The View, it's like they didn't really want to discuss the fact that what was going on with the children being exploited, with pedophilia being promoted so openly was problematic. Instead, they wanted to look at it and say, oh, lately Balenciaga's clothes have been butt ugly and well, not but ugly, but they've been really ugly and disgusting. And lately, um, I don't know what's going on, but they need to make cuter clothes. It's deeper than them making cuter clothes. I mean, don't get me wrong. The clothes have been ugly. I'm not going to sit up here and lie. Like, the shoes have been torn up. The pants have been towed down. Like, it's like they're, they're intentionally se- selling pants that are super distressed. Actually, maybe more so the shoes. Because I saw the shoes that it looked like some, like, broken down chucks it was like totally like they almost looked ripped apart you know like they were like really messed up looking the fabric was all cut up and I really thought to myself like wow Balenciaga really doesn't look high fashion anymore it just looks kind of ripped up and then I heard a commercial and they were talking about um actually no I think I heard one of the creators talking they were talking about how they wanted Balenciaga to be more accessible basically to the everyday person who would understand that kind of grunge look so to speak but ultimately it's one thing if you buy clothes and if they experience wear and tear along the way it's another thing to buy clothes that are and actually more so to buy shoes that are ready to up looking um but let's get off of balenciaga because <laughs> i could talk about that all day and it really wouldn't mean much Once again, I want to say everything I just... Hope you enjoyed my opinion. (laughs) Okay? For real, for real. Um, So, what are you hungry for? I was reading Daniel, the book of Daniel. Um, It's a very short book. And I'm still working my way through it. But I just had to pause. I just had to pause when I read something very interesting in the first chapter. 
basically the king Nebuchadnezzar took over Judea and he took some boys captive and one of those boys that he took captive to be raised in the royal palace and to eat from his table and to partake in his wine was Daniel so most people would have seen this as a privilege privilege like a privilege so like oh I get to eat of the king's meat I get to drink the king's wine you know I get to be taught multiple different languages according to what the king's you know teaching requirements are and I get to um learn the language of I think Chidean so really what he was doing was he was grooming these boys to be wise men in his kingdom even though they were captives of Judea And what struck me, what really hit me, like it hit me in the chest, was Daniel's decision. You know, because I'm assuming that when Daniel was taken, he was a teenager. He was like, you know, he was still young. Um, But he he wasn't afraid to speak his mind. He wasn't afraid to say like, you know what, this isn't going to work out for me. This is, matter of fact, we need, if we could find another option, or if I could be granted another opportunity, I'd be thankful, you know? I think a lot of times people are scared to speak up and say what they believe in or or just what they're not going for. You know, like we can't all be of the same mind and be a monolith. Sometimes we have to stand apart. And in that way, this is what Daniel said. So first Daniel chapter let's let's start let's start at first daniel um verse five and the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank so nourishing them three days that at the end thereof they might stand before the king i'm sorry so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king now among these were the children of judea daniel Hanaya, Mishael, Azaria, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, into Hanaya of Shadrach, into Mishael of Mishael, into Azaria of Abednego. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear, my lord, the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink. For why should he see your faces worse likening than the children which are of your sort then shall ye make me endanger my head to the king then said daniel to mazar whom the prince of the eunuchs has set over daniel haniah and michelle and azaria prove thy servants i beseech thee ten days and let them give us pulse to eat and to drink water and pulse is vegetables Maybe fruits and vegetables. I need to look that up. But um, then let our countenances be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. And as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So he consented to them in this matter and proved them ten days. At the end of the ten days, their countenances appeared fair and fatter in flesh and all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Thus, Mazar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse as for these four children god gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom and daniel had an understanding in all visions and dreams now what i didn't recognize and what someone had to point out to me is that the reason why daniel couldn't eat of the king's meat or of drink of his wine is because those things were being used for other things like they were being prayed over 
they were sacrificed meats, meats that they sacrificed to their God and then ate, right? Um, the wine was tainted. A lot of times when we wear things, when we eat things, when we drink things, we don't realize that a lot of these things are sacrificed to idols. Before we even put them on, before we raise them to our mouth, um, a lot of these things have been uh, uh, prayed over, right? And if you don't believe in this, or if this is, is having an effect on you spiritually, it might be a lot deeper than just, oh, that, that, that meal didn't taste good. Sometimes you could be spiritually poisoned by the things you're not aware of. And that's why I entitled this part of the segment, What You're Hungry For. Because I don't think we understand that a lot of times these battles are spiritual in nature. You know, every time before me and my family used to eat, my dad used to say, okay, let's pray over the meal. And and we would pray over the meal and we eat it. And it was the shortest prayer known to man, but we still would give grace, (laughs) not grace, we still give um, praise to God and we eat our food. And what I recognize is a lot of people, when they create things, when they cut up things, when they raise things, when they grow things, when they, um, when, when they, when they are are artistic person or, or they're the person that's behind the creation of something or, or when they're chefs there's a certain amount of blood, sweat, tears, prayer and all the other that go into the creation of these things so just be mindful of what you take into your body sometimes it's better to not eat or sometimes it's better to not eat everything than it is to eat something and you don't know the origin of it or, or you're not sure about whether or not it's safe to consume or to wear on your body or just to um just just to you know just to utilize in general so that's really what stood out to me in first daniel um now i'm gonna talk about hope okay so recently i've been dealing with a situation where i'm just i'm I'm trying to learn how to be hopeful even when things don't appear to be working out in my favor Sorry, I just hit the mic. <laughs> but I'm trying to learn how to be hopeful even when things don't appear to be working out in my favor. You know, because I live in the day of the Happy Meal, actually, I grew up in the day of the Happy Meal, although it still exists, a lot of times I expect for everything to be quick and fast and wrapped up in this neat little bow. I feel like I deserve to need little bow. <laughs> Even though I probably don't. And that's problematic. Because I'm looking for short, sweet, easily dealt with situations. And really, God, he wants credit for the things in my life that are going well. He wants acknowledgement for the things that he made happen. So a lot of times, he's not going to put it together in a way that I see because he's going to want me to understand at the end that only he could have done it. You know, a lot of times if it was up to me, if it was up to us, we've given ourselves credit and praise and, you know, running in all the wrong directions. But really, all that credit, praise, and acknowledgement belongs to God. Straight up and down. Straight up and down. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that a time is coming where a lot more people are going to have to start choosing what they believe in what they support or they're okay with what they're not okay with people have to stop hiding and running from the reality of the fact that when we put our faith and our trust in God We need to have enough hope within us to carry us through that process of waiting because God moves on his own time. He don't move on yours or mine. He really doesn't. So right now I'm trying to hope that God has something better for me than what I see. And I don't need the world to understand. I don't think the world's really much for understanding. 
as long as I believe, I think that's all that matters in the end. And it's all that should matter. talk about everlasting love love is a very complex subject to talk about because nowadays um a lot of people they think it can be bought or they think it's all about money and really it's not to me love at least to me love isn't about money i think it's about caring for people If you truly love someone, then you don't just care about what they can give to you or what you can get off of being in love. That shouldn't even be a factor, really. It's more about the fact that you're both okay, that you're both well. No, it's about caring about someone more than yourself. It's about caring about a mission bigger than yourself. And maybe that's the hardest thing to do. Is say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about me and you and whatever else, right? But I think it's important that we start looking at people as people and we stop looking for resources attached to them. So I'm going to read a poem for you. It's called Beautiful Things. It's a shorty, but it's a goodie. I posted it on my 300trybywater.com blog and I hope you love it. Once again, the name of the poem is Beautiful Things. Two hearts joined like a kiss that goes on forever, dreaming, loving, and praying together. For a moment that touches the soul, an hour where time stands still, hands move around the dial like a spinning wheel when desires, chance, and reality collide. Beautiful things happen. Thank you. Once again, the name of this poem is Beautiful Things. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so let me just talk about what I've been into lately. Recently. Not even recently. Like, when was it? Oh, yeah. So earlier this month, the beginning of December, I actually uh, was at an arts and crafts fair. So much fun. Yay. Um. And also, my books are for sale on Amazon. So check me out, Isha Montgomery. Check out a poetry book, a journal, you know what I'm saying? Um, But I was selling journals, books, arts and crafts, stuff I knitted at this um, arts and crafts fair. And I had a good time. I sold some products. But ultimately, what I realized was a lot of times when you're starting up a small business, your friends and family, they're not going to support you. And that's fine. Um, I think it just is kind of disappointing sometimes, you know, because you realize that by the time people probably even start supporting you, you won't even want to support no more. Honestly, I'm starting not to even desire the support of people because I realize man is going to put me where I'm going. Only God can do that. I'm not mad at man for not supporting me, you know. Because at the end of the day, they got things they're trying to make happen. All I ask is that people stop throwing that salt. Although I do consider myself myself the salt of the earth that has a lost its flavor, still stop throwing that hateration my way. You know? Like you don't have to support me, but you don't have to say anything negative either, you know? Because at the end of the day, we all should be trying to get to somewhere better than where we started. Or we should at least be trying to build something. Something positive. Something that we can, you know, just smile about. Something that we can thank God for. Something that we can utilize to become stronger in the things that we enjoy doing. Recently, I had a lot of time to think about the type of life I want to live in my career and I realized I'm not ready to give up yet and that's why I read the poem at the beginning of this um, podcast card called Hard Path I'm not ready to give up I'm not ready to let it go 
I'm not ready to walk away from writing poetry, from being a creative writer. I'm not ready. I don't know if there'll ever be a time when I'm ready to stop doing the things I care about or love. Honestly, the things that make the most sense in my life are often the things that no one understands. Like, no one understands my relationship with God. It's personal. <laughs> There's a lot of things people aren't going to understand. But as long as I believe they're worthwhile, that's all that matters to me. As long as I believe that's something worth fighting for. Let me get off my baby soapbox. <laughs> And just take a second to talk about watchers and onlookers. Um, I read a meme on Facebook the other day. I read a lot of memes. And the meme said, Some people don't support you because they don't want to see you doing better than them. And I thought about that concept. And I almost feel like it ties back into that concept of crabs in a barrel. Where it's like, um, you know... If the crabs helped each other, I'm pretty certain they could all get out of that barrel. You know, because they have all those little, like, you know, they got those little arms, those little pinchers. You know, if they all just unified and created, like, some type of little chain or something, they could all just get over and out that barrel like if they just try to help the next crab up, right? And reach out their claw or their pincher and grab the next crab, you know? Even the last crab in the bucket could probably get out if they just held on to each other, you know? But because of the nature of crabs, they keep on pulling each other down inside the barrel. Each one trying to get to the top. Each one trying to stop the next crab from getting out the bucket. And I think that's part of the problem. Not only with the black community, but with many communities. When we see that someone has a gift, a talent, fire in their eyes, a desire. They want to do something new, start something new, uh, uh, create a path that's never been walked before, walk a path that most people don't see, the narrow one. I think that we have a tendency to say, they ain't gonna do nothing with themselves. They're not gonna make it. You know, we speak down on this person. I think that it's time that we start lifting these people up. Because it's only when we lift up other people that we get to lift up ourselves in return. You know, we can't speak negative and expect for positive things to happen in our lives. You know, I've, I've been that person who's gotten talked about like a dog. I mean, got talked about bad. I probably still might be that person to be perfectly forthright with you, you know. Um, I'm not going to sit up here and lie. But I'm okay with that. I have a piece about it. Because I realized that if they talked about Jesus, they're going to talk about me. And I'm nowhere near as good as Jesus. Okay? I'm I'm not even, I'm not on, I'm nowhere near there. You know? No one, no one is above dealing with adversity, struggle, strife pain being gossiped about I believe it's things like that that should make us a little a little more courteous a little more stronger you know and of course I didn't see this at first I may not even truly see it now if I'm being forthright but I would like to believe that I can be someone who doesn't stop just because they're disliked or because people don't believe in their dream. Or because people are speaking ill on them. I would like to believe that I'm the type of person that's going to keep on going no matter what I face. Because I'm stubborn. I'm a little stubborn. I get determined and I'm like, oh, this is this, things are going to work out. Da, da, da. This is what's in my heart. <laughs> you know? And I truly believe that 
This is what in my, what's in my heart. I have it in my heart to keep on pushing forward. I have it in my heart to maintain my dreams and to give them fuel. I have it in my heart to be someone who shows a level of class and integrity that's far beyond my understanding. Because half the time, I have a gutter mouth. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I ain't going to sit up here and lie. Like, I be talking crazy. But I always try to present myself in a way where I'm comfortable with the things I'm putting out or the things I'm releasing. Am I always perfect? No. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Is my dress too short every blue moon? Yeah, it's probably short once a year. I'm not even going to lie about it and stuff. But for the most part, I'm trying to do things I feel comfortable with, you know? Things where it's like, okay, I messed up there, but I can stand on that part, you know? <laughs> okay, and um, last but not least, I'm going to... I'm gonna give you a few more poems. Let's let's rattle some stuff off before I get into the last discussion. So the name of this poem is on is No Need, and I posted it on 300trybywater.com. So I hope you enjoy it. When you move in silence, there's no need to talk. Just watch and listen. Take in the sounds of gossip crickets and laughter be aware of your environment the plush green grass grows slowly the dandelions open wide like a sun that rises in the east and sets in the west their spores drift carelessly and get caught on the loose hair strands that have nowhere to go but while life goes on aimlessly you make plans for a tomorrow that few others can see Because your vision is clear, like the blue sky and deep like the sea, preparation is sprinkled on the cares of prospective days. And once again, the name of this poem is No Need. Thank you. I'm going to be real with y'all this day. This week has been crazy. Because a sister is back working on her self-improvement. And let me tell you, the struggle is real, okay? I've been trying to eat healthy. Trying. <laughs> but you know, I still have a need for food that is rather... What's the word? Calorie dense. Full of all kind of preservatives. You know, I'm trying to work through it. But whew, the struggle is real. So I'm going to read you another poem. It's a shorty, but it's a goodie. I posted it on my 300triedbywater.com blog, and the name of it is Human Experience. Every smile that twinkles in the brilliance of the day, eyes with sparkling wonder speak to a happiness that we dare not define, loss, an awesome conversation, and a beautiful mind. We are thankful for each other. We value every minute of missed time. Days go on as if they were miles when we hang out. You are the ice cubes in my lemonade. Hitting the spot like sweet tea on a hot day. Come closer, it's hard to stay away. Because the moments and people that matter make the human experience worth it in the end. Thank you, thank you. Again, the name of that poem is Human Experience. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to read you a short thought, too, because, you know, spending some time tonight. So the name of this short thought is Old Me. I've changed so much in the last year that sometimes I forget that people grew used to the old me. Thank you. (laughs) I know it was short, but I just wanted to put it out there. (laughs) So the name of this poem that I posted on 300trybywater.com is gone. Sorry I've been gone for a while. I've been working, praying, staying focused, driving quickly to the next place, getting over the traumas of yesterday while utilizing every second that leads to a new tomorrow, preparing for the unseen blessings and challengings that set my heart ablaze, 
building the bricks of contentment one role at a time while fighting for a day in a moment that is truly mine. Again, the name of this poem is Mine. The next poem I'm reading for you is also shorty but goody and the name of this is Electric Heart. Air moves swiftly through relaxed hair. Tension leaves a smile, creates creases in the corners of an open mouth. Eyes once hollowed out by the gnawing, grasp of loneliness now shine with hope, as though they were eager to start again, to love someone, to believe in something, to dream without resistance. An ear that awaits a gentle whisper has been satisfied, deep, sweet, baritone tickles a sensation that slept dormant a heart that has slumbered for what feels like an eternity has began to beat again it feels like electricity thank you for your time again name that poem is electric heart and you know what gosh I'm really so excited. I feel like this new year is going to be the best year ever. The name of this next poem is Unbroken Time. I'm sorry. I'm just rattling off some poetry to y'all. I want to fill y'all night with words. Money is temporary. It will waste away like dandelion spores in the wind. It will cease to exist like silent tears pouring from restless eyes. But the love amassed by two people will live on through the annals of unbroken time. So make something worth keeping. Again, the name of this poem is Unbroken Time. Thank you. Um, lately, I've been, I've been working on being someone better than I was yesterday. But that process is so long, so... I'm just trying to push forward. Even when I get tired of pushing. And I hope... I really hope that that makes sense, but I'm not sure if it does. So I'm going to read you like a super, super long... um, Journal entry that I wrote. On 300trybywater.com. And it's called... The Bitter Truth About My Relationships. I want to paint this neat picture of myself sometimes by portraying a person that doesn't exist, but that's not me. I'm honest to a fault. I can't run behind filters. I'm not afraid to show my imperfections because I spend my time trying to overcome them or learning to love them. So this is another side of me and I hope you like it. Lately, I've had the oddest feeling. This is though I don't want any of the things I once thought were important. At first I thought that this was my duty to get married, to have children, to live a life, a tradition, by building a family where my heart no longer craves a partner. My soul has borne the grief of trying to make things work for too long. I have stained more pillowcases with bitter tears than I can count. And after my father died, I longed for a love that I could hold on to, that the world wouldn't be such a cold place after all. Instead, I came home to the misery of a lover that I couldn't trust, that utilized silent treachery, keeping his thoughts and the content of his heart far from me. For a decade, I ran from loneliness, always clinging to the arm of someone that cared nothing for me, so I wouldn't have to be alone at night, until I was backed into a corner and forced to spend time with myself. I've spent most of this year looking at my eating habits, career, prayer life, inspecting my personal goals, and reviewing the breadth of my existence. Has my presence made this world a better place in any way, or have I been selfish and self-concerned? How do I treat people with the kindness that I desire to be treated with, and where do I go from here? I don't have the answers I seek, but I know that this upcoming year I will continue to do the spiritual work that it takes to grow as a person. There is no relationship or friendship that will heal the pain I refuse to address or acknowledge. I was bullied constantly as a child and a teenager. It left me drained and searching for identity that will keep me safe in a cruel world. So at times I'm too tough or I freeze looking for words that are acceptable because deep down I have always felt hated for being outspoken. Though I may always be opinionated and a bit overdramatic, I will continue to speak the truth. I don't mind calling out my flaws in the process because Jesus is granting me the grace and mercy to move past my indiscretions and forgive myself. 
I look forward to the day when I look back and laugh at all the things that once made me cry because they taught me lessons that money can't buy. Thank you for reading. Once again, the name of this is Open Journal Entry, The Bitter Truth About My Relationships. And that was a hard one for me to write, you know, because I'm an outspoken and honest person, but that was a lot for me to write. It was like, oh my gosh. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I want to wrap up this segment by just taking a brief moment to talk about the state of female rap. And, and also uh, Deb Anthony's comments on it. She said that she feels as though um, female rap has become a... I'm going to rephrase what she said. I'm going to say sexual competition. She actually said something way more graphic than that. (laughs) Um, And basically that women, all they're talking about is sex. A lot of these female rappers, they're just sex this, sex that. Um, It's very graphic in nature. And honestly, I I wanted to turn on um, this, you know, this, this, uh, this rapper I was listening to lately. And I was, I was at work with this dude or whatever, you know, because we were driving to a spot or whatever. He was like, no, I don't want to hear it. I was like, why not? He's like, all female rappers talk about his sex. So when Deb Anthony came out with this interview, or where people were interviewing her, and she was talking about her th- thoughts on the current state of female rap, I thought it was very important because, honestly, it does seem as though a lot of female rap is saturated with sexual conversation and sexual banter. Now, I wasn't going to play no song like that for my coworker anyway, because there's no use for it. You know, we're at work, like, no but <laughs> but when I had the time to think about it, I realized that he probably would assume that because there's not a lot of Lauren Hills out there I don't think there's a lot of women that's rapping about things of great importance there probably are a few that I haven't had the pleasure of listening to um, her Rhapsody is pretty good but for the most part I think that a lot of it is is so sexual to the point where it's actually a little disappointing. You know, as women, we go through so many things. We have so much to talk about, you know? There's so many words that you can use in order to speak about things that you really care about. But I think that started to fall to the wayside in the last, uh, maybe I'll say four or five years. Maybe more than that. Let me be clear. It's been about eight years of this. Maybe ten And it's tiring. You know, I, I really want to hear women talking about stuff that they, that they value, that they care about, that they've been through, you know. Talk about their experiences in terms of um, trying to survive in a world that's not catered towards women or, or, or talk about um, the stresses of the industry, you know. Instead, it's like, even when they do talk about things outside of sex, it's mainly talking about, like, you know, negative feelings towards other women, stomping females, or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's gotten a little weird for me. I'm still listening to um rap, but the content's gotten a little redundant. It's, it's, it's redundant, redundant. Um, I kind of get tired of hearing the same things over and over and over and over again. Even with even with a lot of male rap, I'm kind of bored, you know? See, so you're talking about doing drugs or, or shooting people up and, you know? And then the rap is not talking about that, you know? It's, it's fewer and far in between. Not a lot of Lupe fiascos. <laughs> be perfectly honest with you and I don't expect for there to be a lot of Lupe fiasco there's only like one Lupe I do listen to Lecrae Christian rapper as well um, I listen to D1 he makes pretty positive music um if there's any Christian rappers that you like you know feel free to um leave their name in my comments so I could check them out I or any rappers that talk about you know positive things or you feel that uplifting please you know leave, leave their names um Leave your names in my comments, you know. I would greatly appreciate checking out some new stuff. I get bored. <laughs> you know, I want to listen to something that I can go to the gym with, work out with, you know. Or not even so much go to the gym as just, like, 
be encouraged by maybe on my drive to work or something you know because i i get bored with the same things over and over and over again and also i don't like listening to me male rappers they keep on using the b word that stuff gets old it's been old it's played out it's played out like an a track but you know it is what it is but i think what made me think about what Deb Anthony was talking about when she said a lot of female rappers are just talking about overly sexually explicit things is um a lot of she made a song called another nasty song literally another nasty song and first the song was um it was like released ahead of time because it got leaked and then she ended up dropping it and I listened to it, and it was saying something about another nasty song, something about my dude, and no panties on, something to that effect. I don't even know what all she said. But long story short, I just thought about, like, dang, you know you're making too many so- nasty songs, and you call it another nasty song. And recently, someone um, had a complaint against her, like, you talk about your, you know, your uh, vaginal region too much. I'm sorry, that could have came out better. Should I spell it? Never mind. It's okay. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, and she said... Yeah, I do talk about sex a lot, but you know, y'all, I, I make other type of music, and no one's really trying to listen to that. And I think right now, because we're in a place where sex, sexuality, the needs of the flesh are constantly perpetuated, they're constantly pushed. I think it's sensationalized, and it's like it's just tiring, you know? It's really tiring. It's like this world is just becoming more shallow by the day, and it was shallow from the get go. I mean, it's been like this for a while, but. It's getting really tiring, you know? Especially for me, like... I like wearing sweaters. I be having layers on layers of clothes. Especially when it's cold outside. And people be looking at me like I got an issue. No, no, I don't. I'm keeping myself warm. Really warm. Sure. I'm doing what I gotta do. Someone saw me the other day and they said, It looked like you dressed for a job interview. Yes. Yes, I am dressed for a job interview. You know why? Because it's cold outside respect it bro but <laughs> i want to thank you so much for joining me on season two episode five of hope speaks this is your girl isha montgomery and you have been so freaking awesome for listening to this episode i truly appreciate you and the name of this episode is what are you hungry for <laughs> Alrighty. Thank you so much um, for joining me. I want to let you know that you're awesome, you're wonderful, and that there's some beautiful inside of each and every one of us. We just have to be willing to let the world see it instead of hiding it. All right. Thank you for your time. Be blessed. Bye. I have a piece about it because I realized that if they talked about Jesus they gonna talk about me and I'm nowhere near as good as Jesus okay I'm I'm not even I'm not on I'm nowhere near there you know no one no one is above dealing with adversity struggle strife pain being gossiped about i believe it's things like that that should make us a little a little more courteous a little more stronger you know and of course i didn't see this at first i may not even truly see it now if i'm being forthright but i would like to believe that i can be someone who doesn't stop just because they're disliked or because people don't believe in their dream or because people are speaking ill on them. I would like to believe that I'm the type of person that's gonna keep on going no matter what I face because I'm stubborn. I'm a little stubborn. I get determined and I'm like, oh, this is, this, things are gonna work out, da da da. This is what's in my heart, <laughs> you know? And I truly believe that this is what in my, what's in my heart. I have it in my heart to keep on pushing forward. I have it in my heart to 
maintain my dreams and to give them fuel. I have it in my heart to be someone who shows a level of class and integrity that's far beyond my understanding because half the time I have a gutter mouth. I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. I ain't gonna sit up here and lie. Like I be talking crazy, but I always try to present myself in a way where I'm comfortable with the things I'm putting out or the things I'm releasing. Am I always perfect? No. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Is my dress too short every blue moon? Yeah, it's probably short once a year. I'm not even gonna lie about it and stuff. But for the most part, I'm trying to do things I feel comfortable with, you know? Things where it's like, okay, I messed up there, but I can stand on that part, you know? <laughs> okay, and um, last but not least, I'm gonna... I'm gonna give you a few more poems. Let's let's rattle some stuff off before I get into the last discussion. So the name of this poem is on is No Need, and I posted it on 300trybywater.com. So I hope you enjoy it. When you move in silence, there's no need to talk. Just watch and listen. Take in the sounds of gossip crickets and laughter be aware of your environment the plush green grass grows slowly the dandelions open wide like a sun that rises in the east and sets in the west their spores drift carelessly and get caught on the loose hair strands that have nowhere to go but while life goes on aimlessly you make plans for a tomorrow that few others can see because your vision is clear like the blue sky and deep like the sea preparation is sprinkled on the cares of prospective days and once again the name of this poem is no need thank you i'm gonna be real with y'all this day this week has been crazy because a sister is back working on her self-improvement. And let me tell you, the struggle is real, okay? I've been trying to eat healthy, trying. <laughs> but you know, I still have a need for food that is rather, what's the word? Calorie dense, full of all kind of preservatives, you know. I'm trying to work through it, but whew, the struggle is real. So I'm going to read you another poem. It's a shorty, but it's a goodie. I posted it on my 300triedbywater.com blog, and the name of it is Human Experience. Every smile that twinkles in the brilliance of the day, eyes with sparkling wonder speak to a happiness that we dare not define, loss, an awesome conversation, and a beautiful mind. We are thankful for each other. We value every minute of missed time. Days go on as if they were miles when we hang out. You are the ice cubes in my lemonade. Hitting the spot like sweet tea on a hot day. Come closer, it's hard to stay away. Because the moments and people that matter make the human experience worth it in the end. Thank you, thank you. Again, the name of that poem is Human Experience. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to read you a short thought, too, because, you know, spending some time tonight. So the name of this short thought is Old Me. I've changed so much in the last year that sometimes I forget that people grew used to the old me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I know it was short, but I just wanted to put it out there. (laughs) So the name of this poem that I posted on 300trybywater.com is gone. Sorry I've been gone for a while. I've been working, praying, staying focused, driving quickly to the next place, getting over the traumas of yesterday while utilizing every second that leads to a new tomorrow, preparing for the unseen blessings and challengings that set my heart ablaze, building the bricks of contentment one roll at a time while fighting for a day in a moment that is truly mine. Again, the name of this poem is mine. 
The next poem I'm reading for you is also shorty but goody, and the name of this is Electric Heart. Air moves swiftly through relaxed hair. Tension leaves a smile, creates creases in the corners of an open mouth. Eyes once hollowed out by the gnawing, grasp of loneliness now shine with hope, as though they were eager to start again, to love someone, to believe in something, to dream without resistance. An ear that awaits a gentle whisper has been satisfied. Deep, sweet, baritone tickles a sensation that slept dormant. A heart that has slumbered for what feels like an eternity has began to beat again. It feels like electricity. Thank you for your time again. The name of that poem is Electric Heart. And you know what? Gosh, I'm really so excited. I feel like this new year is going to be the best year ever. So the name of this next poem is Unbroken Time. I'm sorry, I'm just rattling off some poetry to y'all. I want to fill y'all night with words. Money is temporary. It will waste away like dandelion spores in the wind. It will cease to exist like silent tears pouring from restless eyes. But the love amassed by two people will live on through the annals of unbroken time. So make something worth keeping again. The name of this poem is Unbroken Time. Thank you. Boop, 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 boop. Um, lately, I've been, I've been working on being someone better than I was yesterday. But that process is so long, so... I'm just trying to push forward. You when I get tired of pushing. And I hope, I really hope that that makes sense, but I'm not sure if it does. So I'm going to read you like a super, super long um, journal entry that I wrote on 300trybywater.com. And it's called The Bitter Truth About My Relationships. I want to paint this neat picture of myself sometimes by portraying a person that doesn't exist, but that's not me. I'm honest to a fault. I can't run behind filters. I'm not afraid to show my imperfections because I spend my time trying to overcome them or learning to love them. So this is another side of me and I hope you like it. Lately, I've had the oddest feeling. It's as though I don't want any of the things I once thought were important. At first, I thought that this was my duty to get married, to have children, to live a life, a tradition, by building a family where my heart no longer craves a partner. My soul has borne the grief of trying to make things work for too long. I have stained more pillowcases with bitter tears than I can count. And after my father died, I longed for a love that I could hold on to, that the world wouldn't be such a cold place after all. Instead, I came home to the misery of a lover that I couldn't trust, that utilized silent treachery, keeping his thoughts and the content of his heart far from me. For a decade, I ran from loneliness, always clinging to the arm of someone that cared nothing for me, so I wouldn't have to be alone at night, until I was backed into a corner and forced to spend time with myself. I've spent most of this year looking at my eating habits, career, prayer life, inspecting my personal goals, and reviewing the breadth of my existence. Has my presence made this world a better place in any way, or have I been selfish and self-concerned? How do I treat people with the kindness that I desire to be treated with, and where do I go from here? I don't have the answers I seek, but I know that this upcoming year I will continue to do the spiritual work that it takes to grow as a person. There is no relationship or friendship that will heal the pain I refuse to address or acknowledge. I was bullied constantly as a child and a teenager. It left me drained and searching for identity that will keep me safe in a cruel world. So at times I'm too tough or I freeze looking for words that are acceptable because deep down I have always felt hated for being outspoken. Though I may always be opinionated and a bit overdramatic, I will continue to speak the truth. I don't mind calling out my flaws in the process because Jesus is granting me the grace and mercy to move past my indiscretions and forgive myself. I look forward to the day when I look back and laugh at all the things that once made me cry because they taught me lessons that money can't buy. Thank you for reading. Once again, the name of this is Open Journal Entry, The Bitter Truth About My Relationships. 
and that was a hard one for me to write you know because I'm an outspoken and honest person but mm, that was a lot for me to write it was like oh my gosh mm, um but anyways <laughs> I want to wrap up this segment by just taking a brief moment to talk about the state of female rap and, and also uh, Deb Anthony's comments on it she said that she feels as though um, female rap has become a I'm going to rephrase what she said. I'm going to say sexual competition. She actually said something way more graphic than that. (laughs) Um, And basically that women, all they're talking about is sex. A lot of these female rappers, they're just sex this, sex that. Um, It's very graphic in nature. And honestly, I I wanted to turn on um, this, you know, this, this, uh, this rapper I was listening to lately. And I was, I was at work with this dude or whatever, you know, because we were driving to a spot or whatever. He was like, no, I don't want to hear it. I was like, why not? He's like, all female rappers talk about his sex. So when Deb Anthony came out with this interview, or where people were interviewing her, and she was talking about her th- thoughts on the current state of female rap, I thought it was very important because, honestly, it does seem as though a lot of female rap is saturated with sexual conversation and sexual banter. Now, I wasn't going to play no song like that for my coworker anyway, because there's no use for it. You know, we're at work, like, no but <laughs> but when I had the time to think about it, I realized that he probably would assume that because there's not a lot of Lauren Hills out there I don't think there's a lot of women that's rapping about things of great importance there probably are a few that I haven't had the pleasure of listening to um, her Rhapsody is pretty good but for the most part I think that a lot of it is is so sexual to the point where it's actually a little disappointing you know as women we go through so many things we have so much to talk about you know there's so many words that you can use in order to speak about things that you really care about but I think that started to fall to the wayside in the last uh, maybe I'll say four or five years maybe more than that let me be clear it's been about eight years of this maybe ten And it's tiring. You know, I, I really want to hear women talking about stuff that they, that they value, that they care about, that they've been through, you know. Talk about their experiences in terms of um, trying to survive in a world that's not catered towards women or, or, or talk about um, the stresses of the industry, you know. Instead, it's like, even when they do talk about things outside of sex, it's mainly talking about, like, you know, negative feelings towards other women, stomping females, or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's gotten a little weird for me. I'm still listening to um rap, but the content's gotten a little redundant. It's, it's, it's redundant. Redundant. Um, I kind of get tired of hearing the same things over and over and over and over again. Even with even with a lot of male rap, I'm kind of bored, you know? See, you're talking about doing drugs or, or shooting people up and, you know? And then the rap is not talking about that, you know? It's, it's fewer and far in between. Not a lot of Lupe fiascos. <laughs> be perfectly honest with you and I don't expect for there to be a lot of Lupe fiasco there's only like one Lupe I do listen to Lecrae Christian rapper as well um, I listen to D1 he makes pretty positive music um if there's any Christian rappers that you like you know feel free to um leave their name in my comments so I could check them out I or any rappers that talk about you know positive things or you feel that uplifting please you know leave, leave their names um Leave their names in my comments, you know. I would greatly appreciate checking out some new stuff. I get bored. <laughs> you know, I want to listen to something that I can go to the gym with, work out with, you know. Or not even so much go to the gym as just, like, be encouraged by maybe on my drive to work or something, you know. Because I, I get bored with the same things over and over and over again. And also, I don't like listening to too many male rappers that keep on using the B word. That stuff gets old. 
It's been old. It's played out. It's played out like an A-track. But you know, it is what it is. But I think what made me think about what Deb Anthony was talking about when she said a lot of female rappers are just talking about overly sexually explicit things is um a lot of she made a song called Another Nasty Song. Literally, another nasty song. At first the song was um it was like released ahead of time because it got leaked and then she ended up dropping it and I listened to it and it was saying something about another nasty song something about my dude and no panties on something to that effect I don't even know what all she said but long story short I just thought about like dang you know you're making too many nasty songs do you call it another nasty song and recently someone um had a complaint against her like you talk about your you know your uh, vaginal region too much I'm sorry that could have came out better should I spell it? Never mind. It's okay. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, and she said, yeah, I do talk about sex a lot, but you know, y'all, I, I make other type of music and no one's really trying to listen to that. And I think right now, cause we're in a place where sex, sexuality, the needs of the flesh are constantly perpetuated. They're constantly pushed. I think it's sensationalized and it's like, it's just tiring, you know, it's really tiring. It's like this world is becoming more shallow by the day. And it was shallow from the get-go. I mean, it's been like this for a while, but it's getting really tiring, you know? Especially for me, like, I like wearing sweaters. I be having layers on layers of clothes, especially when it's cold outside. And people be looking at me like, I got an issue. No, no, I don't. I'm keeping myself warm. Really warm. Sure. I'm doing what I got to do. Someone saw me the other day and they said, it looked like you dressed for a job interview. Yes. Yes, I am dressed for a job interview. You know why? Because it's cold outside. Respect it, bro. But <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining me on Season 2, Episode 5 of Hope Speaks. This is your girl, Isha Montgomery. And you have been so freaking awesome for listening to this episode. I truly appreciate you. And the name of this episode is... What are you hungry for? (laughs) Alrighty. Thank you so much um, for joining me. I want to let you know that you're awesome. You're wonderful. And that there's some beautiful inside of each and every one of us. We just have to be willing to let the world see it instead of hiding it. Alright. Thank you for your time. Be blessed. Bye.